All right, ladies and gentlemen, pencils down. The trade deadline has passed for the NHL and the Florida Panthers. As of right now, no notifications based on a roster move that the Florida Panthers could be making. We don't know at the moment in time, but on this live edition of the show, we are going to be discussing where the Panthers are. We're going to be discussing the trades all throughout the league prior to the trade deadline and anything that goes on after. So let's have fun. So welcome to the Locked On Florida Panthers trade deadline special. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and send us your screenshot of that and your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers and send it over to me at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter or Locked On FLA Panthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus the Chicago Blackhawks on March 10th. Best of luck, everybody. So we are just over... 12 hours since the Florida Panthers lose to the Nashville Predators. And the mindset at the time was to just pack it all in for the season and sell. That was the mindset even before, even after they won against the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you listen to the show on Wednesday and even when the Cats lost to the Nashville Predators on Thursday. It was it, it was that time for the Florida Panthers to do something. We knew they weren't not going to be buyers. We knew that that was not going to be the case for the for for the Cats. You know when when it came to going for it last year, we knew the possible repercussions of everything. And I say as the bill coming due for this team. This year was that bill. And apologies if I'm a little distracted at times during the show because I'm refreshing my feed to see if there's any activity for the Panthers because let's not forget that trades can be sent in to the league office but then not announced until later after 3 p.m. So literally, this is just raw reaction from yours truly if anything happens for this Panthers team. But again, the bill came due for this team. And you can go back to so many different things for this Panthers team on how, I don't know if the correct words are they were set up to fail but they weren't 
placed in the best position to succeed this year. And, you know, with trading for Matthew Kachuk came with a price of your second best defenseman at the time in Mackenzie Weger on this team. And of course, your 115-point score in Jonathan Huberto. You you get that AAV that you pay Matthew Kachuk. That is about the equivalent of Weger and Huberto's last year together. And those guys are older. It came with a sacrifice for this season. Of course, Bob's contract is still looming large. 6.5 in dead cap, looming large. Lack of draft capital, looming large. Different factors just made it difficult this whole time for this team. And why any move that comes in for for the Panthers on what they make or what they don't make just comes circling back to thing. Nick Fairbanks made it the other last night slash this morning if you listen to Friday's show on reaping what you sow. Panthers are reaping what they sow. But we have been discussing all offseason, all in the beginning of this season too. How is a step back to take multiple steps forward? So if at this time next year, they are in a position where they're top three in the Atlantic, in a great opportunity for home ice advantage, we could be having this very same exact conversation as far as reaping what you sow, but in a positive way for, for this Panthers team. And yeah, there's still criticisms based on the coaching, which is valid. It's very valid as far as what Paul Maurice has done to put this team in a position to succeed. Penalty kill is still very, very poor. And you got to think about going back to why, the why of Bill Zito bringing in someone like a Mark Stahl, an Eric Stahl into the mix about when the, with this season that was always going to be difficult emotionally, not just wins and losses, but emotionally for this team because of so much change about the lasting impression that these guys could make on this team past this season. That, I think that's very important. I think that's important to note as far as what the mindset was when you brought in Eric and Mark Stahl here. Same thing with Maurice about even if the wins and losses aren't 
even if the wins aren't there, that you are able to not have anyone turn on each other neither. And all the and all the speculation of rifts in the locker room, that's just fans and sometimes media. It's created sometimes in that space. But let's not forget we're not even though even though I do go into the locker room, interview players here and there, they're not going to throw each other under the bus. It's just not going, you're just not going to see that. And we can't say for certain that these players are turning on each other based on the the position that the Florida Panthers are currently in. Let's, let's put that, not necessarily to bed, but let's not just assume that that's the case refreshing my feed once again here as we are waiting for some news in relation to the panthers and kobe guy of florida hockey now in the palm beach post said there's still no updates from sunrise and we did get an email today excuse me yesterday that bill zito will be speaking to the media at 3.30 post-trade deadline to see what he likes, to talk about what he liked in the discussions and what he didn't like. And who knows, something could be finalized right now before Bill Zito talks to uh, the press. And got a little bit of a funny comment here from Mike in West Palm Beach. Uh, Panthers trade Lomberg got two first-round picks. If that's the case, we are celebrating. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, for for the Panthers, uh, let's ask the question: Why keep Radko Gudas? Why? I can give you a few good reasons uh, why the Panthers might want to keep him, even if their chances at the playoffs are very slim. Is The one is the one is obvious, veteran presence. That's a that's an obvious one. Number two, the market dictating what and I guess reputation. Even though he's kind of fixed his reputation ever since he's come to Florida. He hasn't gotten into any trouble on the ice that has gotten him suspended. So that's a plus. And, but then you could argue that's what other rival GMs might want when trade when it comes to trading for a guy like Radko Gudis. But a reason for the Panthers to possibly keep him is like we talked about earlier with Eric and Mark Stahl is lasting impression for the team and whether the Florida Panthers do make the playoffs or not, lasting impressions do matter in a locker room, even if he's not brought back. If Gudis does walk in free agency at this moment of time, we don't know anything based on, 
based on a trade. It, it, that's, it, if that's the case, you create a little bit of confidence that he, you know, when this guy walks and he's talked about throughout the locker room, even even though he's not there anymore, that's if, again, if he's, they could talk about how they've rejuvenated another player's career. Like Josh Mahara, he was a guy who was not a part of the fix in Anaheim. I throw in your Anaheim jokes uh, all you want, but he wasn't a he wasn't a fit of a fix there. And that pairing was is as far as the advanced numbers, they're up there in the expected goals against category. So something noteworthy. But also you could argue that's what you can get a pick from. And if you're not getting at least a third or maybe a second, I think if you're Bill Zito, you could be at peace walking away from it. And my colleague over at Locked On Leafs, Mike DiStefano, did talk about how this stat with after the 24th pick in the draft, the chances of a player playing 100-plus NHL games. Do you guys want to know what that number is? The percentage? 2%. Of playing 100 games, let alone a chance for someone to be a mainstay on the roster past multiple seasons or even a Hall of Famer. Past the 24th pick in the draft, their chances. So if you're Bill Zito, do, do you ask yourself, is that worth trading a guy like Radko? But if you do trade Radko, which we haven't gotten anything about it, then if you do, call up Lucas Carlson. I, 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 I fully believe, as great as... as not great, but as much as the Panthers do like Casey Fitzgerald, I would love to see Lucas Carlson on this roster. Just give him a chance. He was a he he got a lot of minutes last year with the Panthers. Of course, their space had a lot to do with it, and of course, um, was in in and out of that as that seventh defenseman. But he's having a great season in Charlotte. Has I believe the record as far as goals scored in Charlotte Checkers history too, that's Lucas Carlson. So give him an op maybe give him an opportunity if the news does end up being as far as, as a trade going down. We're going to transition over to segment number two here on this live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It, it, it's a trade deadline edition of the show where we discuss the moves that the Panthers make or lack thereof and talk about who around the league has made themselves better and who has not. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And are you, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want to sacrifice all the, cal all the taste, then you got to try Built Bar. 
Now you can go to your local Walmart and Sam's Club and get yourself a box of Built Bars. And if you're like me you and you're waiting for your order or haven't made your order on Built.com for your Built Bars, you can just go across the street, go to the pharmacy section and get yourself a box of Built. You can also go to Sam's Club and get yourself a, a box of Built Bars as well. So make sure to make sure to get those at built.com of course use the promo code lock 15 or you can get them at your at sam's club and your local walmart second segment here on this live trade deadline edition of the locked on florida panthers past our locked on podcast network what's your team every day and and still nothing coming through our feeds based on the florida panthers and anything in relation to the trade deadline as far as that that front and the the panthers they uh they did have a practice but only one person was on the ice today which was sam bennett no non-contact jersey which is a good thing but i don't know how much i could read into that based on the fact that the whole group wasn't out there Sasha Barkov said that he was planning to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Palmery said they're still both day-to-day, so we'll monitor that closely. So if you let's go over some of the of the teams around the league because we still have no news on the and and their moves or lack thereof. And just talk about the teams that might have gotten better, might have gotten worse. Who's a big threat? Which sellers are he- making head-scratching moves? We'll discuss all that. And Nick Bukestad, former Panther, goes to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, probably going to be the fourth-line center for the, the, Oils, the Oilers. And uh, Matthias Ekholm. We spoke about it yesterday uh, with Nick Fairbanks. Uh, fits in with what they wanted. Goaltending is still a question mark for this Oilers team, but you you get you get those two. You 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 can compete in this in the Western Conference, and that should say that with the Colorado Avalanche trading for Jack Johnson and Lars Eller. There's a chance that Gabriel Landeskog doesn't play the rest of the regular season. Kind of like how Nikita Kucherov did in 2021. And of course, the NHL is cracking down on cap circumvention, trading for injured players as well. That's something to monitor, but of course, uh, it's not a division rival, so why do we care? <laughs> and, and, and the Avalanche are a likable team. Uh, let's. Let, I I I actually like their makeup uh, of how they're built, and they're getting healthy at the right time. And to think that they were struggling with the injury bug earlier in the season too. Vancouver, they don't make sense. They really don't make sense. Um, after signing JT Miller, they were trying to kick the tires on a trade possibly to Pittsburgh. Ended up didn't ha- not happening. And. Many believe that 
JT Miller will eventually become a Pittsburgh Penguin, but just not today. And of course, training what they traded Bo Horvat. That was the big major deal. In the, to to start, which was weeks ago, right before, right right as All Star Weekend was going on. <laughs> Crazy to think that we're here at March third and. All-Star Weekend was February 3rd and 4th. So a month ahead, the Islanders got ahead of the game, and it's helping them so much with Matthew Barzell out. And, of course, great goaltending. But trading that pick that they got from the Islanders for Phil Peronic from the Detroit Red Wings as well. And it's fitting in everything with that Jim Rutherford said about getting guys 25 years old around that area. But... That, that franchise is afraid to hit the reset button, which a lot of people think they should. And it's just <laughs> the newest host on Locked on Canucks say that it's a par for the course for Vancouver. Stevie Y, Nick Fairbanks and I were discussing this off camera for like a good 20 minutes about the teams that quietly probably had the best deadline is Stevie Y is sticking to the plan, not being super impulsive, not tipping his hand. Nothing gets out of Detroit. Nothing. And then, of course, there of course there were rumors about possibly Tyler Bertuzzi being moved if they couldn't agree on a contract. Dylan Larkin got extended, was very emotional on his uh in in in, me, in his media availability. There was rumors about them trading for James Van Riemsdyk, but that didn't go down. Uh, Jacob Verana, got got to feel bad for him after being part of the players' assistance program and then being traded to St. Louis was placed on waivers a few weeks ago, and now and now uh, being traded. So best of luck to uh, Verana and everything in his mental health. John Klimberg, he got traded just just uh, just uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, every 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 person that. Every person, including myself, said that when the Anaheim Ducks signed Klimberg, great on the power play, a great puck-moving defenseman, that he was going to be the one to, to be traded at the deadline. So, and he's traded to the Minnesota Wild. And Minnesota, despite all their cap issues as well, um, they're, they're finding a way to add a little bit. And, of course, playing third-party broker as well. One team that's hard to figure out and wondering – is the Carolina Hurricanes. Traded for Shane Gostasfair, who's a big help to their power play. And of course, Brent Burns has rejuvenated his career there. They have so many players who can score. Marty Natchez, Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Shvetnikov as well. But Don Waddell talks about how he doesn't like uh, to trade for too much term, for, excuse me, for little term, sorry. Trade for Jesse Pugliari for nothing. For for a, a player who was drafted in the third round. Of course, value went down and who knows, maybe Pugliari becomes a 20 goal scorer and you could salvage his career. And of course, Gossespierre, South Florida native. We, we've spoken about possibly Gossespierre who knows, maybe he could um, end up in Sunrise, Florida in, in the offseason. 
but that's a that's a move that they didn't go for the big fish even though they had so much cap space with Patrick going out on LTIR of course Patrick Kane wasn't interested in going to Carolina they were out on the Timo Meyer sweepstakes like a few days before the trade but you know Carolina they just take care of their business they're well-run organization um of course can't not mention that team in the gulf coast of florida the getting tanner Janot. of course they they gave up a lot for him and we touched on that right before the panthers uh faced the lightning uh, on tuesday and breeze balls perspective on it and uh, they also traded Vladislav Nemestikov to the San Jose Sharks, who they later uh, flipped uh, in in the in the in the trade deadline. So, also for the New York Rangers, they become the biggest threat to the Boston Bruins. Of course, Patrick Kane, three-time Stanley Cup champion, Vladimir Tarasenko, who's a Stanley Cup champion as well. They get Tyler Mott again. And you got to ask yourself for the Toronto Maple Leafs, is it too much roster turnover for the trade deadline that they're loading up this much? You have, you have about 18 to 20 games each team left to get that band together to mesh. And I don't know if this many additions is great for the makeup of that team. I know that Toronto is probably thinking about Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay probably lives so rent free in their minds, but man, I, they better hope that it comes together in, in, in those last, in, in this last month and a half for them. Ryan O'Reilly, they traded a few weeks ago, and Nolachari, former Panther. They traded for Luke Shen as well. Jake McCabe, defenseman. Sam Lafferty, who was playing a middle six uh, minutes for the Chicago Blackhawks. Eric Gustafson, uh, who they even got a first-round pick back for trading Rasmus Sandin, who wasn't part of their future over there in Toronto. They even got a pick back, which great asset management by Kyle Dubas there. Pittsburgh. Of course, their farm is depleted based on years of contending. Dmitry Kulikov go, going there, defenseman. Mikel Granlin, we mentioned it yesterday, from, from the Nashville Predators to Pittsburgh. Of course, Nick Bonino. We, we were actually discussing maybe uh, the Panthers going for penalty killers. Had they had, Were they in a position to buy? Maybe Nick Bonino? Hmm, penalty killer. Uh, but... He goes back to Pittsburgh, who where he won two cups with them. The New Jersey Devils. They're likely going to be facing the New York Rangers in round one. Get the big fish in Timo Meyer. That that's the that's the big acquisition. And they have his RFA rights. But as far as facing off against the Rangers in round one, whoo, that's gonna be a bloodbath, first of all especially since they're so close geographically too. But as far as who has the advantage there, it's got to be New York. 
And even if it doesn't work out this year, you have a chance to either sign him or trade and get something back for him. As far as sellers, St. Louis, they're the, they're they're a they're along with Detroit. They're a they are in a great position for for the future to build around Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. Of course, they added Jacob Rana, as we mentioned earlier. That that is a team uh, likely set up for for to make a big splash in the offseason. Winnipeg, minor moves, getting Nemestikov from San Jose, who, who was previously traded from Tampa Bay over there, and then Nino Niederreiter as well to help help um, build up their 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 team there. And of course, Boston. Man. There, let me let me actually calculate their point pace actually real quick to see. I know they're going to pass the Florida Panthers more than likely as far as total points for the season. Right now, they're at 101 points through 61 games. Lordy, uh, 101 times 61 times 82. Just doing some quick math on the fly. They're on pace. The Boston Bruins are on pace to have 136 points. I believe the record is 132. NL record for points in a season by a team. While that while that is uploading, I it's 132 by the Montreal Canadiens in 1977. So that that is so that's the record. The Boston Bruins are 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 at that are in that position to. The, rec- the the points record all all time in in the National Hockey League. This is something that we've never seen, and they're going to be set up well after with David Pasternak getting an extension, and and even with Bergeron and Krejci moving on, that team is set up so well. Still uploading my Twitter feed and seeing that the Florida Panthers have not done anything <laughs> Roy Bellamy actually uh tweeted saying trade deadline is today now that the Calgary Flames have made their 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 trade just now the Florida Panthers are the only NHL team that haven't made a trade in 2023 <laughs> <sighs> man just Hard to believe, but also it's like a disappointed but not surprised as well, based on everything, but and Bill Zito is, like I said earlier, he's about to speak to the media at at three thirty we're, we're right now it's three thirty four as as it shows up on my on my laptop and I just really want to know what his explanation is for what he saw as far as, as far as trades. But basically I'm, I'm sure that Zito is thinking, I just didn't like what I saw on this, uh, on this, uh, in, in this market for that was worthy 
of Agudis being part of, of a trade. And again, like I said, the market dictates it. Not not Bill Zito. And sometimes when you make some phone calls and you say, hey, I think a player is worth this. Sometimes GMs will say, call other GMs and tell them what, ask what they're worth and then come back to me. Chances are Bill Zito tried doing that. He's, he's, he's finessed people uh, before as far as, uh, as far as trades. I think he finessed Brad for a living in the Kaduk trade. And Matthew Kachuk earlier in, uh, in media availability this morning said this. He said that Barkov and Bennett coming back can be seen like a trade deadline acquisition. And I read that and I was just like, if you're, I'm going to do the facial expression for those watching on the YouTube channel. This is my facial expression. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on the audio version, which will be uploaded after, it's just a straight face with with an eyebrow raised and yes Duclair Barkoff and Bennett haven't been on the ice since uh, together since Duclair's been back I get it but it's not like one person in Anthony Duclair is gonna make a this Panthers team a whole 180 than what they were through 63 games. We've seen 63 games of this. We've seen 63 games of inconsistent special teams. A horrid start to the goaltending, even at five on five, from mid-October to mid-December, which put the Panthers really behind the eight ball. Yeah, cool, a January run. That puts them back in the race. But then you lose to Nashville twice. The second time after the, after they sold. Both times against a backup goaltender. You lose to St. Louis twice when, when they're retooling. You lose to Chicago. Philadelphia on the road. Arizona. This is... This is who the Panthers are. This, uh, this, uh, it's not a playoff team. It's not. I hate to say it. Yeah, we could hope. 15-4-0 is the record they'll need to get to 96 points. But I'm not confident they will. No. And I, I do have a comment from uh, Frank Salazar say, saying this, quote, I would have traded Brock Bester in a three-team three deal with Vancouver, retained most of the salary only for the remaining of the season, retained most of the salary only for the remaining of the season. Probably shipped out Colin White, too. I mean, Colin White, Colin White hasn't played much uh, for, for, for the Panthers. He's been in and out of the lineup. So if you're Patrick Alvine, are are you, are you yeah 
I believe Brock Pesser has term. He has one year left, if I'm not mistaken, um, before before even looking that up. So that's a good thing for the Panthers if they do. But if you're Patrick Alvin, who says no? It's Pat, it's probably the Canucks in that in that instance. They're probably the ones who say no. As far as that, so two years. He has two years uh, left after this year. Thank you, thank you, Frank. So. With uh, I, I I I would assume, I would assume that it would you'd have to give up more than just Colin White, uh, for 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 Brock Besser. And it, in the top of my head, I think Colin White's making one point two. It would have to be another moving part two on your cap. And retaining salary, if you even get 50%, how, how are you going to fit it this year? That would be probably an off-season move for the Panthers if they were to take Brock Besser on their, on their payroll. And who knows, even, who knows, even then the, the Florida Panthers might not even have to retain 50%, that, which Frank Cervelli of Daily Faceoff yesterday said that the Panthers are going to trade a forward, one of their forwards this off-season. So prepare. Prepare for for Bennett or Reinhardt to be moved in in the offseason. Pre- prepare for either scenario of that. Chances are the higher cap hit for the Panthers, which is which is uh, Rhino. He's likely going to be the. I I, w- I would assume that he's likely going to be the one because center. Um, you need you need a center. Etulustrainen, I like him better as a third. Anton Lundell, he, he, it's just, it's just he hasn't shown that killer instinct. We call him Baby Barkov, but does he play like a Baby Barkov? Yeah, develop too. His development isn't isn't in the crowd, to put it in clean language. But I don't know if the Panthers trade Bennett. I, I really don't know. You got to be really confident that Etu or Lundell will, is, are ready to take the 2C. I'm not there yet with those two. I'm, I'm just not. So, so what do the Panthers do now? I, well, well, We'll actually uh, transition over to segment number three and discuss what what the Panthers are going to do, and how do we how do we the fans and media approach the rest of this season for 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 the Panthers? That's really that's really the big question based on their lack of moves in this trade deadline. We're going to discuss this next on this live edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Segment number three here on this live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, a trade deadline special for Panthers and still nothing <laughs> as far as roster moves uh, for the Panthers. Bill Zito hasn't stepped to the podium yet based on how he's viewed the trade deadline and what he liked and didn't like about the phone calls he was receiving or the phone calls that he was initiating 
two. So assuming that no news comes out of the league office, is what is the belief in that locker room? Is the belief really that they are going to all of a sudden go on a run? I mean, they could say that. But we who watch this, who've watched this team all season, how can you be confident right now? I, I don't know. I really don't know how. How we can be. And as far as the, as far as coaching, I'm sure there's going to be conversations with Paul Maurice and the group saying, we have an opportunity to finish strong and points percentage and well, not points percentage, but playoff chances and point projections all have the Florida Panthers as the first team out ahead of Buffalo, ahead of Ottawa, ahead of Detroit. The point project projections, I, I, I believe it was according to Money Puck, um, if I'm not mistaken. I saw it earlier. I, I, apologies if I don't get the right reference. But point projections had the Florida Panthers at 89 points for the season. That is seven points short of your goal to get to 96 to, to – uh, to give yourself a chance. And for the cats, when you're going through exit interviews, when you're going through just looking at yourself in the mirror, mostly Bill Zito looking at himself in the mirror and saying, how, what is the truth about this team? What is the truth about the future? What is the truth about the now, too? And on opening night, like home opener, I got an opportunity to ask Bill Zito about what, how is his thought process based on when to make a move, the lack of space, and the lack of capital? When do you say yes to a move? And Sparknotes version of this is, am I able to replace what I trade for? Does it give us a good ROI, which is acronym for return on investment? That is, and what is at your disposal? The Panthers have been near the cap ceiling all season. Let's not forget that they started with 20 players and they couldn't scratch anybody. So if there was an injury that wasn't LTIR related, the Panthers were going to be screwed with putting less than 20. And of course, you have to have two goalies too. So there's the backup goalie sitting there and then you have 19 skaters on the ice. It, it was... It was always tough to navigate for Zito and company. So 
as far as looking at the long-term projection of this team, I still think that this is a playoff contender for many years to come. How much, and you got to ask yourself, how much of this season of missing the dance, assuming that they do, let's just assume, because at this point, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, once again, I don't have hope that they will. How much does that weigh on the team? How much work in the offseason does Barkov, Kachuk, and Aaron Ekblad, how much work do they do in the offseason to make sure that this doesn't happen again? I mean, even in media day, Barkov walked into the room and he looked so much more swole than he already was. You know these guys get to work. When I went to the when I went to the Panthers Ducks game last uh, last Monday on President's Day, it was a matinee game. A lot of the guys, after the media availability, they went straight to the weight room. So a, a lot of the a lot of the Panthers players were were there. Of course, a, a, a matinee game and and everything as far as routine being slightly off. So you you get your mid afternoon workout there. So I, I, that's something I kind of noticed uh, with with that matinee matchup. Of course, with a seven p.m. game, you're likely worn out, and of course, go home, and your workout is likely earlier as far as lifting and all that stuff. So, how much work? How much off season work are they doing? Of course, we've seen various videos of of uh, them doing work off the ice. Of course, Aaron Ekblad and Sam Bennett were part of the BioSteel camp up in Toronto too. And who knows what, how severe Aaron Ekblad's injury is because he is playing hurt. There were some certain signs saying that he was playing hurt. And is he holding off surgery in, until the off season and just playing through something? That's why I haven't dunked too much on Aaron Eckblad. That, that's kind of why, even though the play isn't what we're used to. Bobrovsky has been great. Eh, more like decent. Not $10 million great. But if you do want to make the postseason, it's got to be godlike from the last 19, 19 games out, which we're not expecting. But I, I am very confident that if if Bobrovsky has a better start to the season, and of course the the team the team around him wasn't performing well, uh, he was left out to dry quite a few times uh, in the beginning of the season. We could see a whole different approach uh, and a whole different result for this team. And once again. A lot of you guys are on the fire Paul Maurice train. I'm not there. First 10, 15 games-ish. Let's see what you can do with the new squad. A whole bunch of cap space. A little bit of turnover for this team. What can you do with this? 
and then Bill Zito goes from there. And the C, the C, he's put, he's going to be put on a, on a lot of pressure next year. So that is, that is a big, big, tall task. And, and I think Paul Maurice knows it. I, I do think that he is very aware that he is not pleased with his performance as a, as a uh, general general manager, excuse me, a head coach. Sorry. Uh, also some news uh, based on team news. Zach Delpy is being headed back to AHL Charlotte. So no, no moves for the Panthers. That's the only moves. So David Dork confirmed that the Panthers are done for the day. No moves as far as the trade deadline. Yep. Here we are. As far as the, Florida Panthers standing pat, something that I had kind of put out there early in the week. Bill Zito still has yet to speak to the media, which is a good way to end the show, and we will carry that this over to later in the weekend and discuss what Bill Zito's perspective on everything is. And we will bring it to you on the next edition of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But I want to thank you all for tuning in to the On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you for all your questions. And once we get some clarity on why there was no moves for the Panthers, we will bring it to you here on the YouTube channel and in podcast form. So thank you, everybody, for listening to today's show. And in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone, and Steel Rodent, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Game to Game NHL. Game to Game NHL will provide you insight from each of the local experts based on the games from the night before. Follow Game to Game NHL on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.